Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast, episode number 318 with Nico Lagan. How are you, Nico? 318. Good for you, man. Thank wow. you very much, mate. It's uh, most wanna... people quit within probably twenty or thirty podcasts. <laughs> Good for you, man. Good I've, for you. I'm stuck at it, mate, and I get to speak to amazing people like you. Now, before we get into the work you're doing, and we're going to talk around, you know, role models and what it means to be a male and single parents and all the different things, and particularly your story growing up. Before we do that, what's lit you up in the last seven days? What's just made your heart sing, Nico? Heart sing in a good way or in a bad yeah, way? In a great way, mate. I'm, I want a bit of positivity to start. You know, that's a good question. I would I would have to say a conversation that I had with a with my pastor on Sunday. I was asking him hard questions about what's going on in the Middle East right now. And you know, I'm I'm as much as I'm a Christian, I I started my spir- my spiritual journey on Buddhism. I'm a big fan of Buddhism. I'm a big fan of the Middle Way, as they call it. And what's going on right now is kind of very puzzling to me. No matter which side you take, they both have done wrong. So where do we sit? Those are as much as this sounds bad for most people. This these are the type of questions I like to ask myself. Mm. These are the type of questions I like to visit. And it was fun to be able to ask a pastor on what do you think about what's going on? Because as a Christian man, you're not supposed to, you know, one of the Ten Commandments says that you shall, the translation is you shall not kill, which is wrong. It says that the original is you shall not murder. And there's a massive difference between murder and killing, right? Self-defense, you're killing somebody. Mm. murdering is when eh, it might be it might it was not with good intent let's say that so yeah just being able to kind of put together because i struggle with this as as a christian i struggle with how when is it okay when is it when is self-defense you know i posted a video this week asking this question when is where does self-defense end and revenge begins Ooh. And there's That's a it. fine line. There's well, a enough. very fine <laughs> <a> line. <laughs> but this is the fine line. But I got to have that conversation with someone that knows that's been a preacher. He gave his first sermon. He was 16 years old and he's in his 50s now. So he's been wow. doing this his whole life and he's very down to earth. He's As much as he's a preacher, he's not one of those preachy guys that tells you, you should do this, you should do that. But has you examine, you know, to me, the Bible is a psychological tale. You read the lessons read the read the story and see what you can pull as a lesson i read the bible with uh philosophy i'm a big philosopher like i love philosophy i'm a big fan of theology but i'm a big fan of psychology and i like how they all interact with each other and it was fun to be able to have that conversation to just be able to put theology with physio because philosophy is religion like religion is philosophy it's a way of life and when you start i just find it uh, i don't know if that makes any sense to you guys but to me it's just i love i live for those conversations i live for something that by the end you might not have chances are that by the end you have more ans- you have more questions than when you started because there's some interesting point that were that, that were brought up and you need 
to take the time to reflect on it. And because of that, I'm reading a book that was given to me almost six months ago, The Case for Faith, which very interesting. But that whole conversation made me realize I need to read a bit more on faith to try to understand where I, where people get their faith. And the book is written by a journalist that's agnostic. He wants to understand why people have faith and if faith makes sense to him. Like as a journalist, how do you make sense of faith? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I think what you're just saying, Nico, is that uh, any conversation or learnings or interaction, um, if you look deep enough or you ask the right questions, hopefully it gives you more things to be curious about. And I think that's the beautiful thing about podcasting. And hopefully people can take something away from today. Like I know I will. And that's why I love, you said, obviously a lot of episodes because yeah, I'm exactly like you. I like being able to chat to interesting people, open mm. my mind and be more curious about the way people see the world. And it's different. We're not all the same. And that's good because I would hate the world if they were like me and you'd probably yeah. hate the world if they were like you. Like that's not a place I want to be in. So let's go back. I can to... tell you that shampoo <laughs> company wouldn't make a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the ball melon though, mate. It looks very sharp. <laughs> now I love your message around like living a life without a purpose is meaningless. And I could not agree more. Um, and I know you relate this back to a lot of males, but I think that's just anybody in general. Um, but before we go into all that, I'd love to go back to your childhood. Um, obviously you're growing up single mother, um, without a male role model. Um, do you want to talk to us what your upbringing was like? Because I'm sitting here and I, I was very fortunate. I had, I'd still do have a mother and a father. And so for me, I want to be empathetic, but realistically I can't because I didn't walk in your shoes. I didn't probably go through any of the things you did. And, and you know, your, your comment, all there's something I've been pondering for a while now. Is it worse to have a father that leaves or have no father at all? Or is it worse to have a father that's not present? Wow. That's a deep See, those question, are the type of, But those are the only type of questions I ask myself all the time. I, I'm always pondering those questions because psychologically, I don't know what's worse. I, I don't know. My, my father was not present when I was younger and then he just left. So no matter what, I see it as I had a lack. Yeah. But I've always wondered what's worse, to not have a father at all or to have a father that you're trying to impress. Because that's what we do, right? Males are always trying to... We, we want to belong. We want to be part of something. We want to be part of other men that can teach us the way. No matter how old you are, you're always looking for others to emulate. You might not realize it, but you always are. And unfortunately, that, that was no different for me when I was a boy. I was always looking to emulate others. Fortunately, when I was young, young, I had other fathers around. Like my best friend, his father was there and he was very present. He was always there and he was always, he was a manly guy. Like he was a trucker. He wasn't always there because obviously truckers are on the road, but he was always having us do stuff in his backyard. Like he, I, I think we, we were slaves for him a lot, but you know, work, working with your hands teaches a lot to men. And I was fortunate enough that we lived outside the city. So I was, I had access to woods. I had access to places where we can just go. And as much as my father was not present, I was always fortunate to be able to be a boy to spend energies, to get hurt, to do stupid shit when you're young. Like, boys, you know, 
we don't we don't learn that well. Like we learn. I, I know for myself, I learn by getting hurt, and I don't learn that <laughs> much either. I'm just very tough. I've become very tough, but not that much smarter than I used to be. But yeah, man, I was able to, you know, I grew up in the country. Luckily, I was able to do all the stupid shit that boys in the 80s were doing and prior to that. And my father left. I was, my parent got divorced. I was 14 years old. My parents, uh, my dad left. I saw him a handful of time. Like he died. I was 29. Last time I saw him, I think I was 19. And I can count on one hand the number of time I saw him from the time he left to the time he died. So I think it had been eight years or some stupid like that since I've spoken to him when he died. And, you know, like it or not, or be conscious of it or not, you're always looking for somebody to emulate. And Steve Harvey says it, I'm going to bastardize this quote, but he says it very well where, um, when a father's not present in the life of his son, he leaves a hole in his soul in the shape of his father. Like there's always a hole that needs to be filled. And what did I know when I was 14 years old? Like back when I was 14, I'm 41 years old. So that's 27 years ago. And, you know, I loved rap. I was, I was listening to guys. I wasn't listening to the bullshit you hear today. Like I was listening to the gangster rap, like the first versions of guys that grew up selling drugs and got out. So to me, that was what a good man was. Like I was looking at those guys and I'm seeing guys that are millionaires, that have money, that have women, that have, they're partying all the time. They have nice cars. They're on TV. So in my head, I'm like, there you go. That's a good man for me. And within a year, I, I was drinking every day. I was doing drugs. I was selling drugs. I was quitting school. Like it literally took a year, one year of no supervision with a mother that gave up all it needed. Like what's interesting is that my mother eventually found someone, which he was a big part of my sister's life. A big part of my mother's life became part of my life in my twenties and my thirties. But just after a year it was too far. Like it, it was too, I wasn't listening anymore. I knew, I, I already knew in my head what to emulate. And this is the path I was on until I was 20. So for more than six years, all I did is wrote, uh, man, it, it's funny saying this, but I wrote rap music thinking I would make it. And this is before Eminem was ever known, right? So back then, I would have been the first white guy to actually make it. <laughs> it didn't happen. I'm not going to ruin the punch there. I was hoping you might get it. I was hoping you might bust out and rhyme for me, mate. You had a secret talent I didn't know about, mate. Uh, you know what? No. Even my girlfriend has never heard me. Um, but, you know, this is what I thought was good. And I have a tendency to do – I'm very hard-headed. If I have my sights set on something, I just do it. And it was true back then because I stuck to it for, yes, yeah, six to seven years. And yeah, until I, you know, sometimes people tell you something that's so simple, but you're ready to hear it mm -hmm. and it changes your life. Like the, the, the hardest truth, in my opinion, are extremely simple, very simple questions that if you are in the proper mindset, if you're in pain, if you're hurting, you're hitting rock bottom, you're ready to hear it because we don't change because everything's going well, or at least 
you, you know, that's why they say the comfort, the, the comfort zone is suicide. If you always stay, it's not hard to be comfortable. You don't need, we live in a world, at least in North America, we live in a world where being comfortable is easy, but that's a killer. That's a spirit killer. Like you're so, you're never hurting enough to change. This is what the comfort zone is. It's not that you're happy. It's just, you're not hurting enough to have to change. Mm -hmm. So yeah, man, I was in a situation where it sounds like thinking about it again, it sounds like a movie. I was literally sitting in my apartment. I was getting evicted. I was 20 years old. That was my third apartment in four years because all I did is party. So I was not a very good tenant. And I'm sitting on my on the floor of my apartment. All my my stuff is packed. I had an opportunity where I could, because I had been selling drugs for a long time by then, and I had some connections where instead of selling it, I could be producing it. So I had an opportunity on the horizon where I could step it up, become someone as per what I believe someone was back then, and. But there was a, a time gap. It wasn't now. I was still working on this. This is where I was headed. But at that moment, I was becoming homeless. And, you know, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe that people that don't, that, that don't, people that believe in coincidences are not self-aware. They don't, they're not capable of sitting back, stepping back and just saying, okay, why is this happening to me? Is there a reason that I'm not seeing? And it's those reflections that tends to, change your worldviews. And in that specific moment, I got a call from my mother and, you know, I've never lied to my mother. My mother knew what I was up to, maybe not to the specific details, but she's always knew that I wasn't doing things that were good. Cause back then, like it, it's shameful to say, but I was a thief. I was not a good person. I stole from everybody that I, that was around me. I was, I had habits that I needed to pay for so I was selling drugs to pay for my habits. It wasn't even to make money. It was literally just to support my stupid habits. So I wasn't even that good drug dealer when you think about it. That was because you're not supposed to, you know what they say since Carface that they say you should uh, don't get high on your own supply. Well, I didn't get high on my own supply, but it paid for my supply. <laughs> so I don't think it's any better. But, you know, my mother asked me a very simple question. Are you happy? Well, yeah. So, you know, simple question like that when you're ready to hear it. If you ask that to somebody right now that's not really hurting, they they probably is just going, oh, yeah, I'm good. But when you're in a situation where you're literally sitting at a crossroad to say, those are my options. I could go left and go deeper down the rabbit hole of what I'm currently doing or... I have another option that I had never considered because until that point, I had never considered that maybe there was something else. And my mother continued to say, just like, are you happy? If you're not come back home, I, I can't afford to send you back to school. I can't afford to pay for your things, but I can give you a roof. I can put a roof over your head and then we can figure out what to do from there. And yeah, that same day I was out that same day. I, my, my stuff was already packed that same day. I moved back to my mother's place. I stopped seeing everybody that was related to that world. I stopped doing drugs. I started attending AA meetings NA meetings. I stopped doing drugs. I stopped drinking. I cut off everybody that was in my life until then. 
and I just started working on myself. And within two years, I had my high school equivalency. I had found a program in a technical college for a computer technician. I had discovered the gym. I was starting martial art. It's the day I took the decision to look at myself in the mirror and say, are you happy? Okay. In order to understand if I'm happy or not, I got to ask myself, am I even a good person? Because mm. how can you be happy if you know that you're an asshole? Yeah, and, well, you can't. But that's my point. And mm. that's why if, you know, for years, I thought because of my background and the lack of masculine men that I had in my childhood, I've always associated all the problems in the world with a lack of masculinity. And over the last year, I've pondered that question. I've pondered and I like to deconstruct a question until it's bare, until there's no, the. it's just what the question is. And you destroy everything, your myth that you believe could be the problem. And you can boil down every single problem on this planet to a lack of accountability. Everything, everything that's going wrong, somebody somewhere is not doing their job. They're pointing their fingers at somebody else instead of saying, you know what? My fault, my responsibility. It's a very powerful thing to be able to look at yourself and say, man, you're an asshole. You're a thief. You're an asshole. You're an addict. You're not a good man. You're really not a good man. But most people live with that. Most people deep down, they know that they're not good people. But instead of dealing with the consequences and looking at themselves for who they are, they will point their fingers at others and say it's their fault. But what's interesting is that it doesn't change the fact that you're still an asshole. Yeah, correct. Well, it's it's bigger. It's easier to do that because then you don't have to take ownership. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to realize that the problem's you. You can pass that on. I was very similar for a long time. You know, it's very easy because things aren't going well in your life that it's somebody else's fault until you really own up to that and look in the mirror and say, no, anything that's going wrong is on me. No one else. I can change that. No one's going to make me happy. No one's going to do the work for you. But the problem yeah. is it's a lot easier to do that, to say that. But, you know, like we were saying before we started recording, I realized a long time ago that nobody's here to save me. Yeah. There's no knight on, what's the expression? There's, there's no knight in shining armor that's here to rescue me. If I want to change something, it's up to me to do so. And by not taking accountability for our actions or, or reactions or emotions, we're robbing ourselves from our purest power. We have the, the power to make a living hell out of our lives. But the opposite is also true. The day you accept the fact that you are responsible for what's going on in your life. You know, I say this all the time and people get always pissed off by it. But if your life sucks, it's your fucking fault. <laughs> so true. You're, you, you don't choose. You know what? I, I could wish. I, I, I talk to guys like you that were raised by both their fathers and their mothers. And I wish I had that. I wish with the mindset that I've acquired over the years, I can only imagine where I would be today if from the get-go I would have had that type of structure around me. But that's wishful thinking. That was not the case. I don't choose. You don't choose the cards that you're dealt. But the way you play them is 100% on you. Mm. If you look at poker, if you're a fan of Texas Hold'em, you, you look at the guy's play and you're like, how the fuck did that guy just win with nothing? He was bluffing the shit out of his cards. That 
he chose to play the card with balls and confidence. He was courageous and he said, you know what? I can sell this. I can sell this. <laughs> and, and guys win. It doesn't always work out, but sometimes it does. So mm. we're just robbing ourselves of such a powerful moment when you take control, when you accept the fact that you're responsible for what's going on in your life. So you true. become so you become powerful beyond measure. Mm. I'm uh, very similar to your message, probably not quite as harsh. I'm doing a keynote this afternoon, Nico. And my <laughs> final message to everybody is your health and happiness are your own responsibility. And I think that's mm -hmm. the biggest realization that people can you can tell people whatever they want to hear, they can feel things, but unless they actually do something about it nothing's going to change. There's no magic pill or fairy that's going to come into your life nope. and go, hey, I'm going to make you amazing. I'm going to do all the work for you and life's going to be great. But because of that, the work you put in, it's so much more rewarding, like what you just mentioned. You know, when you moved away from that life you had, you decided to do that. You decided to quit alcohol and drugs and make a better life yourself. So now it's so much more rewarding because you put the work in, you made the change. And I think that's the hardest thing. People will look at it and go, oh, I've got to do a lot of work, but then they don't realize that's where the reward comes. And that's the purpose and the satisfaction. And you look in the mirror and you're like, bloody hell, I'm a good bloke. You know, that's what it's about. And it goes beyond that. You know, by leading by example, you start helping others without even realizing. Like, you know, now my content gets million of millions of views every month. I, I always get a lot of comments on my stuff. I know how to get people involved in conversations. But it wasn't always like that. A lot, like at the beginning of me producing content two or three years ago, I didn't get a lot of reaction out of my stuff. And I was assuming that, man, that means nobody sees it. Mm -hmm. But how many times did I get people that I know that are like, hey, bro, I, I, I won't comment on your stuff. I won't like it, but I see what you're doing and I love it. And to this day, it happens all the time. I speak to people I haven't spoken in a very long time and they're like, man, love what you're doing. I absolutely love what you're doing. Yet they've never commented. They've never reached out to me. It's really by you. You know, I was thinking about this yesterday and I'm going to write it somewhere in my book. Courage is listening to your heart. If you're capable of simply listening to what you know is true, that's one of the best forms of courage you can ever develop. And by becoming courageous, people will look at you. And I don't want to say they will admire you because I, I, I would never suggest somebody does it to be admired but they can be inspired like they you can inspire them they can be inspired and you know by default men are supposed to be leaders but when we hear the word leaders we automatically start assuming that we're a general in the army and we have 50,000 people underneath us but this is not what yes this is a form of leadership but every single man out there can be a leader in his family can show his kids what it is to be courageous to just live by simple virtues and principles and obey those principles because a leader is somebody that first and foremost serves. And if you look at men throughout history, we are disposable. Like men are not as important as women and kids. We, we don't, we're not. And this is okay. It's not a bad thing. Like most people see this as negative, but it's not. That's our purpose. Our purpose is to be 
protectors and providers for our family. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to lead them, to protect them, to provide for them and provide. Look at the society that you live in. Look at North America. Those societies were built by men that wanted something better for their families. They're not there for recognition. They're not there to be world leaders. All they wanted is to create a place that was better than the one that they had. That's it. It's really that simple. And by taking accountability, you can start directing your, your eyes, your view, your goals towards just being a good man and being there for your family, being there for your community. Because real change does not happen on a country level or on a federal level. It happens within your family. It happens within your community. So it, it's amazing when you, when you first realize that you're accountable, that it's your fault. That means that you have the power to change. And when you start changing, and it's interesting because it's only in my 40s that I'm really realizing it, but by me changing the people that were around me, I was allowing myself for the first time in my life to think for myself, to just look at what I've, I had accomplished until then and say, okay, probably not the best of decisions. I could have probably done a lot better, but I can't change that. I can apologize to people. I can make amends, as we say. But what then? I can't change the past. There's nothing I can do about that. There's no point dwelling about it. Just what can I do from now on? And I was bullied when I was younger. I was a scrawny kid. And, you know, I started going to the gym. I was in college. There was a gym there that was free. I'd never been around gyms. I was never around that in my life. I've always competed in basketball. But back then, it wasn't like today. We didn't have an emphasis on hitting the gym. There wasn't any coaches that understood that you needed to push outside of practice. That was not, this is today. That's why the athletes of today are completely different from athletes from 20 and 30 years ago. But when I first started hitting the gym, I started seeing physical changes. I started seeing it directly in the mirror to say, oh man, I'm actually, wow, my body is changing. Oh man, when I'm more careful about what I eat, my abs are more there, I'm more defined, I'm gaining weight, like what's going on? And you start getting addicted to the gym and next thing you know, you've been at it for a year. Oh man, it's been two years now. You look at old pictures and you're like, man, I did this. This is me. And next thing you start to realizing is, oh man, I have discipline. I've, I've been disciplined to do this five, six times a week to be careful about what I eat. You know, um, there was a guy, do you know Cardone? Yep. Grant Cardone. So, yep. yeah. So I got some friends of mine that, uh, that recorded an interview with him recently. And I've heard that before. It's just that, that, that is just the way my buddy responded. It was awesome, but they're talking and he's like, Hey, and the guy's like 22 years old. He's like, Cardone looks at him. He's like, do you have abs? He's like, of course he's jacked. So he looks at him and he's like, of course I have abs. Cardone's like, come show. So he gets up and he shows his abs. He's like, do you know that one, out of 10 Americans, a millionaire, but less than 1% of Americans have visible abs. It is harder to have abs than it is to become a millionaire. And this is a fact. Yeah. I've, I, 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 it wasn't the first time I heard it. It's just Cardone's very good at delivery, right? He, he, you could tell that he was going to say it in that interview. It looked almost <laughs> planned, but he's absolutely right. And I've, 
I, I've been hitting the gym for 21 years straight. I've never stopped. This will be part of me for the rest of my life. And before you know it, this is why I always recommend to people to start hitting the gym because this is when, you know, there is a connection between your mind, your body, and your soul. And if you want to gain access to your mind, the easiest way to do it is to start treating your body with the respect that it deserves. You, you look at people today and they treat their bodies like dumpsters and they wonder why they don't feel well. You know, I don't believe in depression. I don't think depression is a real thing. I think depression is a lack of purpose. Is because you're treating. I've never heard of a guy that was pur purposeful in his life that was depressed. But how can you ever connect to your spirit if you never start by treating your body like you would your car? Most people take better care of their cars than they do of their own body. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know the stats in the UK, but in the US, it's 42% of men are obese. 30% of Americans are overweight. Yeah. Less 28% of people are in respectable shape. And we're not talking about athletes here. We're not talking about guys that look like me. We're talking about just people that are somewhat proportionate figures that they're, they're not killing themselves slowly by poisoning their body, basically. Yeah. 28%. It's insane. It's absolutely insane because you're 100% responsible for this shit. And don't give me, I, you know, people always make excuses. Oh, yeah, but it's expensive. Hey, asshole, start <laughs> fasting. You want to save money? Start fasting. I've been intermittent fasting for five or six years now. I eat two meals a day for a while. I was only eating one meal a day. Sometimes I go three, four days, five days without eating. So don't give me the shit that it's expensive. No, it's because you're not, you, you've never taken the time to do it for you. But through your body, you'll gain access to your mind. It's always the first step. Give, give fitness to any man out there. Give him a year or two, his life is completely changed. The guy gains confidence, gains discipline. Chances are he's not even working for the same job by the end of a year. He he got a way better job because he finally has balls in his pants. Like he realizes that he's not a big pussy anymore. And he starts aiming for stuff. When you start seeing your body change, because it's physical, there's no lie. There's no lying. You at to this point, you can't buy up, you can't buy abs. You can't. The only way to have them is hard work. And it's hard. It is. It's really hard because it's, <laughs> it's, very, it's not made hard. at the gym. You don't need to go to the gym to be in shape. It's in the kitchen. Yeah. Everything you do is in the kitchen. If you start looking at what you eat, this is where it's hard. This is why most people fail because it's hard. Yeah. But the people that stick to it become disciplined. And when you start mm -hmm. realizing that you do have that type of power, you start asking yourself more questions as in, man, what else can I change? What else can I do better in? And by the time you're there, you already have confidence in yourself because you've seen the proof. The proof's in the pudding, as they say. Mm -hmm. And it's not, it's not like me having faith in God. I can't teach you to have faith because it's invisible. I have no proof. I cannot prove to you that God exists. So this is very hard for people to grasp, for people that, are not, that, that don't have faith. But this is physical. This is look at yourself in the mirror. There's no bullshit there. Oh, you gain weight. Guess what? You're not eating properly. Oh, you lost weight and you look better in your skin. Uh, guess what? You're working for it. Mm, correct. It's really, I think there's no, it's, uh, there's no bullshit. It's very similar to you guys. It's like uh, I use the analogy 
with our cars, we don't just one day put water in, milk, nope. next day we'll put a bit nope. of dirt in it. You know what I mean? Nope. Cars live on petrol. We live on good food. And I say this mm-hmm. all the time as well, that a lot of people join up for the gym or exercise or whatever to improve the shoulders down, you know, like so that their clothes fit them better. They feel better. But it's really what you just said before. It's the shoulders up that get the benefit, you know, more clarity, that confidence. You feel better about yourself. All of that is a byproduct of moving your body. But it's okay, though, even if you start by doing it just for the looks. Do it yeah, for vanity. It I don't even yeah. care. Do it for vanity. It's only a matter of time. If you stick to it, it's only a matter of time before, as you said, what's above your shoulders will mm. improve. It's a byproduct of you dedicating time and resources to treating your body properly. The car analogy is is the best one out there because how can you expect your car to work properly if you're always putting shit in it? You can't. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> no, but you can't. Oh no. You know, you know, one of the things I do almost every day, and this is something I don't understand why people don't do it, but spend time in the sun. It's very, five minutes. very simple. Very simple. Five five yep. minutes. Yeah. Be on your phone. If you're so addicted that you can't be off your phone. Go look at your phone in the sun. See how that changed. No, but seriously, see uh, how that improves your mindset it, over time. It just sounds so silly the way you've like, and I know this is a world we live in. I completely agree with what you just said. But if you had a, you know, 20 years ago when you were selling drugs or something and you said you were on a podcast with a guy in Australia and you're going to say, just go outside on your phone and be there for five minutes. That will make you happier. Like that's ridiculous, isn't it? We need to be outside. We need to be moving. We need to be having fun. The sun's our friend in a way. Life is simple. At the end of the day, if there's one thing I've learned throughout my life and I am an eternal student, like you can see a bunch of books there and that's only a tenth of my books because I'm in an RV. So most of my books are still in Canada in boxes, but just on my desk now, there's probably 10 of them because they don't fit in the bag. But those are the ones I'm reading right now. And, but just that, like this was not taught to me. I did not read as a kid. I did not read as a teenager. It's just one of my friends that challenged me about six years ago. One book, and it's right there. I just finished rereading it. This book changed my life. <laughs> the Alchemist by Polo Coelho. I've read the it, I think, this, I, I think it's my fourth or fifth time reading it in six or seven years. Every time I see, every time I wrote, I literally just finished reading it on Sunday. And again, I learned something I did not realize last time I read it a year ago. And it's 160 pages, probably five hours you're done. It's super easy to read. And this book sent me, I have probably read three, yeah, two to 300 books since then. Like for a long time, I averaged about a book a week. And I had an audio book running because I was in sales. I was always on the road. So I had an audio book running on top of having a book at home. But this all stemmed out from first cleaning my surroundings, making sure that the people that were around me were people that were conducive to what my goals were. And I, I'm I'm writing a chapter about this in my new book where, you know, your inner circle is so powerful and too often we're not ready to make the changes. We're not ready to challenge the people that are in our inner circle because they, they're friends that we've had for 20 years or they're family members. 
yet they're the most toxic people you have in your life. We accept so much crap from people because they're family members or they're old friends. And the worst part is that it doesn't make them bad people. It just doesn't make them align. They're not aligned with what you're trying to accomplish. The day you start being accountable, you start looking at all those things. And those are hard choices. There's nothing in life that's easy. Life is fucking simple, but it ain't easy. <laughs> it's very true. Yeah. But it, it all comes down to you. The day I decided that I was, the day I realized I was not a good person, I put it on myself to change. Do you think I, I hated the fact that I needed to remove my friends, but I'm very logical in that way that what else am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to try to go back to school and then go hang out with guys that are always high, they're selling drugs, they're always partying? How is that conducive to what I'm trying to do now? If I'm trying to better myself, you need to surround yourself that you're going to look up to. You're trying to surround yourself by people that has done what you're trying to accomplish that will be there to help you, or at least you'll be inspired by their presence. You can't do that if you're still hanging with the same type of people. And you know what? I look at most of those friends, if not 98% of those friends, I can think of one that is not stuck in the same pattern from 27 years ago. So they're still, Facebook is still doing the Facebook same. is great for that, yeah. right? Facebook <laughs> so is still, great to keep up. Yeah, so they're still doing Most, the same thing, Nico. Like the same, you know, day in, day out. They they haven't they hang got out the with the same wheel. they hang out with the same people. They don't party as much as they used to because they have kids, but they still every weekend they party, they go out, they do something on weekends, they work little jobs that's not fulfilling at all. They live in the same city hanging out with the same people. And this to me is, I cannot understand how that makes sense to anybody, yet this is how most people live. You know, there was a study that came out. They were asking people dying, people on their deathbed, what is their number one regret? And their answers was very simple. Living a life others expected of me, not the one I wanted to live. And this is something I keep in my mind every single time. Every day I think about it. This is something I refuse to do. I refuse to live a life that people expect me to live. I will live the life I want to live that my heart is telling me I should live because I know what my purpose is. I've done the work. I know who I am. I know what I am. I know what I'm not. And I'm not here to please people. I'm here to make this world a better place. You know, there's two things I live by. One, I don't want to have regrets on my deathbed. And two, the day I, I meet my maker, I want to be able to tell him that I've done more good than bad. This is, this is all that matters to me. I want to do more good than bad. Very, uh, very, very simple when you put it like that. Um, but life it, is simple, bro. I know life is not. It, it's it, not complicated. It is, but it's like it's like doing something right. It's easy to do it, but it's also easy not to do it. Do you know what I mean like these things are very simple? But you've got to have the intention. You have to do it. You have to put the work in. That, that's it. You know, one of the best things. I, I'm a big fan of dogs. I've had dogs for years now, and I will have dogs the rest of my. One of my dreams is to have a dog rescue place where I can just pick up dogs that people, nobody wants and I'll give them a life that they'll be happy. Like this is something that's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. And the reason I like dogs so much is 
I'm a big fan of meditation and dogs are pure meditation. They live in the moment. The past does not matter. I have a rescue German shepherd. She doesn't care about yesterday. She don't care about <laughs> tomorrow. Her and I, if it's nice outside, I will work off the lawn next to the RV where we are right now on a chair and I'll work off my laptop four or five, six hours sitting in the sun outside. She'll just be around me doing nothing. She'll just be. And this to me, we have so much to learn from this to just be. She has no distractions. She don't care about what you did yesterday. She don't care about 20 minutes from now. All that matters is right now. What's going on right now. All she wants is to be close with you. Just my dog gives me attitude. If it's ugly outside and we can't go out, she's next to the door and she's like, bro, what are we doing? Like it's time <laughs> for us to go out, but she doesn't <laughs> want anything from me except to be there. Yeah. Same and as, can you uh, same as I've, I've got a rescue, uh, border collie blue healer. So it's like an Australian cattle dog and it's exactly yeah. the same. She just literally looks at you just waiting for that opportunity. That, that That's it. That day's waiting. She's not yeah. getting occupied and barking at me. She knows she waits and it's her turn. And you, like you said, there is a lot to learn from that. Just walk your dog without a phone. Just yes. go on a walk with your dog. Just go with, go with your dog and walk. This is how simple life is. You know, Saturday was a nice day. I'm not a big drinker. I used to have, a, like I used to be an alcoholic. So I, I have it under control. I, I don't drink a lot because I'm not a nice drunk. Like this is something I know there's, it's too easy for me to become a very big asshole when I drink. So I tend not to drink. But this weekend was just beautiful weather. I was sitting outside reading The Alchemist. I had a cigar going. I look at my girlfriend. I'm like, I'm going to go get some drinks. You want something? So I ended up going to buy some alcohol. We sat down with, you know what a shisha is, right? I do, yes. I'm a big fan of shisha. We, I have my, my shisha pipe with me. And we just sat outside for a few hours. She was on her phone doing whatever it is that she does on her phone. And I was reading The Alchemist with... Our dog was just there chilling. And I was talking to her yesterday and I'm like, you know, this was one of my favorite days in a very long time. And we did nothing, nothing. All we did is simply be. But you if did you, do something. You did do something, if, Nico. And that's the thing. Why that, do we have to yep. label? We, we don't have to, it doesn't have to be something to be something. Like, nope. and that's, you know, that's beautiful what you did because you shared something together and you're both mm -hmm. present, particularly with your dog. That's, you know, we always say we didn't do anything, but you did. Yeah. And this is why the alchemist is so great, because he talks a lot about the relationship of God, the universe, and how it all fits together. And it's so easy for us to get distracted to a point where we forget this. And it Sunday made me realize this, that I'm like, man, I take this for granted, too. Yeah. So this week has been completely different. I reorganized a bunch of stuff this week because I'm like, man, how did I forget this? How did I forget to just enjoy the sun, to just enjoy being, you know, one of the things I absolutely love is, you know what earthing is? No. So, you know, prior to the invention of our, of the shoes that we wear, people would walk around footless, like shoeless, like just, yeah, and barefoot. this is something I've yep. been doing. Yeah. Barefoot. This is something I've been doing for years. It drives my girlfriend absolutely fucking nuts because my <laughs> feet are always dirty, but <laughs> there is, we are being made out of electricity. We produce electricity. 
And the way to discharge our negative energy, and I'm not talking about being sad and stuff like that. I'm talking about literal negative energy is to be grounded. But yet, why, if you look at a car, you know, you, you can be in your car and you don't have to worry about being hit by thunder because they're sitting on plastic. It's preventing the electricity from going through you and being dispersed in the ground. But when, and our shoes are no different, they're made out of plastic. So they prevent us from discharging the negative energy and just doing that. I'm telling you, anybody out there that's never done it, find a patch of grass in the middle of a good day. Like it's sunny outside, just take your shoes off. Do whatever it is that you would do normally. Again, if you're addicted to your phone that much, <laughs> look, watch your, just be on your phone in the sun without shoes and connect with this earth. We're all connected. Your mind, body, and soul is connected. You're connected to this earth. You're connected to this universe. You and I are connected. We don't know each other, but you know, the first law of thermodynamics says that energy is never lost. It is redistributed. So if we take that for granted and that the Big Bang really happened, that means that you and I are made out of the same thing, that every single component that was created that exploded that day is still in existence today. So, you know, this is why I love philosophy. If I look at this, that means that the Hindus that believe in reincarnation probably got it right. Does that mean I'm going to come back at something that's ancient? Maybe not. But my energy will never go away. This is why I think it's so interesting to just sit down, remove the distractions, and start just connecting with your environment. We are creatures of our environment. So as much as the people around you affect you, where you live is going to affect you. It's, it's very fucking interesting when you start being accountable, you start becoming aware. When you start becoming aware, you start realizing that everything that happens around you is not a coincidence. There is such a thing as putting it out there, asking for stuff. When you put the energy, you know, in the book, this is why, again, alchemist is so great for that because of what they call the personal legend. If you're chasing after your purpose, the universe will work for you. The universe will tend to put people on your path that are there to help you. You just need to be paying attention. This is, again, this is why it's so great. It starts with something as simple as accepting the fact that you're an asshole <laughs> to then saying, I can do better. And then as you do better, all those little realizations start hitting you in the face. And I'm not talking about something that will take you a year. I'm talking about a 21-year a of my life resumed in a conversation within an hour. But this is all the day that I accepted that I was not happy and that I could do better sent me on a path that completely changed my mind. Because I didn't just do that once. I tend to do that every 10 years. If I look at my life every 10 years, I've done something extremely drastic. I've I, I sat down, I took the time and I'm like, yeah, okay, we're done. Time for the, what comes next. Let's figure out what comes next and let's go for it. I like it. I like it a lot. And I think uh, we always want to grow and evolve and listening. Like when you've been talking here, Nico, 
I've been like my dog or your dog, a rescue dog, and I've been present. I've been listening. I've been waiting for my cues. That's the reason I love podcasting. I know you've got a brilliant podcast as well, mate. Plus, you've got a book. You've got another book coming out, website. You're a speaker. You've got videos. You've got everything. Where can people go? Because I'm sure they'll be intrigued, probably more intrigued but curious about the things you've spoken about today, um, your messaging, and particularly the journey you've gone on in your life. And like you said, every 10 years, you're still evolving and changing because you want to be the best possible person you can. So for listeners that are listening along, where can they go to get more Nico? Uh, they can go to nicolagan.com. I, my website is very busy. Like I run a blog, I have books, I have all the appearances on good podcasts like this one. They're all tagged. <laughs> they're, they're all there. I release a lot. I started releasing some ancient videos, as I call it, like ancient virtues. I'm a big fan of stoicism. I'm a big fan of Christianity. So I started doing videos on old knowledge that are very applicable today. But you can find I'm on every single piece of social media out there. Just look for real Nico Lagan and you'll find me. You might not like what I talk about because I'm very political. But yeah, I'm always... I'm, I love podcasts for those conversations, but I'm always looking for people to not argue with me, but converse with me. Like I, I like interact it. with my, I, I interact with the people that interact with my stuff. I'm not one of those that just post a post. I actually want to drive conversations. So if you're, if you think I'm full of shit, call me out. I'm more than happy <laughs> to have a, no, no, but seriously, I, I enjoy people calling me out politely and telling me, you know what, you're wrong. This is why. Cool. This is how you learn stuff. You do. You do. When you're open to that as well. And it's uh, having a conversation. It's not a one way channel where you just tell somebody to move off. So I really love that. And I really love the messaging and particularly hearing somebody's journey that is completely different than mine. But I suppose you always, you know, I'm 38, you're 41 and let's do pretty similar things. You know, we want to make the world a better place. And not only that, trying to make ourselves a better person. And I think if you can do that, then, you know, like what you said, when you finish your life or it's all said and done, you could probably look back and be proud of what you've done. And I'm sure that's where you're heading. I know I'm trying to as well. And for listeners out there, if you resonate with Nico's episode number 318, go to the show notes. I'll have links to obviously his website, everything else like that. And go and reach out and say what you like, what you may not have liked, challenge him, whatever you want. If you've got a rescue dog, if you like the alchemist, take your shoes off, go in the sun, whatever that is. Uh, Nico, thanks for your time, mate. I really appreciate it today. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, man.